Ride the boys of a Tuesday. Ride the arse off the lads of a Tuesday. Riding the boys of a Tuesday. Ride the arse off the lads of a Tuesday. Riding the boys. Cause I'm riding the bike. <laughs> See what happens, lads. This is this is what happens when you laugh at my last intro. You're just encouraging delinquent behaviour. Just encouraging me to go off and write an unofficial gay Tuesday anthem by doing a parody of Tuesday by Burrock Eater. You brought this on yourself, lads. I brought my guitar out of storage. I haven't played it in about two years. I brought I brought it into the office just for that little ditty, you know? <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to What's the Quack. I'm your host, Ducky, and I hope we're all doing well. What are you up to? Go on, tell me in the comments there below if you're watching on YouTube. What are you up to? You're working out? You're writing something? You're just whiling away the hours until death comes knocking. I can relate to all of those things. Been about a month since I uploaded, but I actually got up to stuff recently so i did i'd I'd lo- i'd stuff to talk about would you believe um i'll tell you from the offset uh, towards the end of this podcast or the halfway point i don't know wherever it may fall i'm going to be talking about um things i think women are you know partners of men in relationships to be more inclusive uh should know about men or at least understand about men this was brought on uh, i was on tiktok the other day with you know the one in a blue moon type of thing uh one in a blue moon time when i'm on tiktok and this video popped up and I was just woman talking about, like, you know, things women should know about men. And just kind of give me the idea. I was like, I do my own little list there because it's, it's actually a little, a little bit of an interesting talking point. So we'll be talking about that a little later. But to kick things off, um, what I got up to in the last near month since I, I've done a podcast. Well, uh, I was out PJ's birthday. So I went down to, went down to Cork and, uh, I had my main problem with this. Now, I had a good night, don't get me wrong, it was a great night, it was the, the aftermath to it, uh, it left me battered and broken, you see, because I had a bit of a chest infection um, a couple of days leading up to it, and I, I made sure it wasn't COVID, I did the tests and, and what have you, and it wasn't COVID, but it was obviously something else, something else was causing me throat, uh, causing me a sore throat and whatnot, but I thought none of it anyway, and I went out and went in the piss with the boys below in Cork, and uh, had a good night, um, I was only there for about the first hour or two and um I had to leave and then drunk ducky arrived on and he he took care of the rest of the night and uh, you know I did a fine job of it now to be fair but he's not the brightest lad in the world drunk ducky and what he did was uh, knowing that uh, we had a sore throat he decided to conversate with the boys right next to a right next to a stage where a band was playing in a, in a pub the pub called Crane Lane in Cork if you're familiar with um so we decided to conversate right next to the fucking stage and with my already sore throat and a lot of shouting and talk, talking very loudly, I woke up the next morning and my fucking vice was gone. So uh, thanks to Drunk Ducky and his terrible decisions, I spent the next two or three days sounding like a like a lesbian, for, for lack of a better description. I was walking around the place like an absolute tomboy. <laughs> you know when you have loads like uh, trends, women... Is it? I, I always get confused at this, but like fellas transitioning to, to being women. You know when they put on like a feminine voice, but they haven't quite nailed it yet? <laughs> That's kind of what I sounded like, you know, I was just pure raspy and whatnot. To be honest, I sounded a little bit sexy. You know, do you, do you ever get that as a bloke when you hear a woman and she's lost her voice and she gets that kind of raspiness and stuff like that? It's a little bit sexy. I sounded like that for a couple of days, but then as I started to recover, I just started getting squeaky and I kind of sounded like I was going through puberty all over again, you know? But um no, I had a good night all the same. One thing... I got to indulge in it because I haven't gone out much since the 
whole fucking pandemic hit and what have you. Um, you know, we all got locked indoors and you, you couldn't go out and enjoy yourself and mingle and stuff like that. One thing I, I, I got to enjoy once again was to, to be a spectator in the sport of looking at attractive women again. Uh, and, and my God, we were at this, uh, we we're at this bar in Cork. This is where we kicked things off. We went out to the, the smoking area as we often do because a couple of lads smoke. So it's just easier just to stay in the smoking area for the night. It was this beer garden and we're chilling there. Uh, it was in the deep south in Cork, if you know that pub. Uh, we're hanging out there for a bit and, um, the amount of women that were in like these skin tight dresses and the skirts were so short. Like if they got any shorter, they'd have four lips to gloss, if you know what I mean. It was just like I was absolutely getting an eyeful. But it also made me think, now, now that I've got a bit of age under my belt, I'm in my 30s and my libido's calmed the fuck down a small bit. You know, I don't got that teenager and 20-year-old fucking sexual energy uh, clouding my vision. It was nice to just gawk at them and kind of go, you know, instead of looking at them kind of going, Jesus Christ, I want to fucking ride every one of them. It was nice to have the, the calm down version of my mind where I can just look at a woman who's attractive and go, ah, isn't that lovely? Anyway, and just carry on about my conversation, you know. But uh, but I certainly got an eyeful. Fuck me, the the dresses are getting shorter. I I, I swear I, I should have been in the last generation. I really should have. Like the last generation, the generation under me, they had the like the best looking. We have the the emo style women, you know. They had the chokers and the heavy eye makeup and all that. Lovely, I love all that. And they just dress a bit more provocatively than the you know women of my generation. Not that the women of my generation don't dress provocatively, but I don't. I think the generation under me is a bit more willing to uh, you know be a bit more uh, flaunty, I suppose. With their dress. So yeah, I feel like I was born a generation too early. But it was, but it was nice to, to get an eyeful anyway. Myself and the boys were quite enjoying the spectacle. One thing I will, I will give a shout out to the, the lads of the deep south as well in that, in that barn cork. Uh, one of the boys, he was out walking his dog when he found out we were in the beer garden. So he's like, oh, I'll fucking, I'll pop by there and, uh, you know, get a few drinks in witchy. So we're just like, oh yeah, grand. And then suddenly he arrives on in the beer garden with the fucking dog. Like the, the, the lads at the, the deep south pub let him in with the dog. And they were so fucking sound about it as well. First of all, I never expected a pub to, to leave a dog in. The, the only question they asked him was, is your dog all right? Is he, is, is he behaved? And, you know, of course, the, the dog Molly was well behaved. So they let him in. And not only did they leave the dog in, this is like, you know, where heat wave European day this was. You know, the, the whole heat wave has gone on in Europe at the time. This is a very fucking hot day. And not only did they leave the dog in, but the lovely bear staff had brought down like a bowl of water for the dog to drink out of. And then they kept petting the dog when they were walking by the tables and stuff like that. Lovely staff. Absolutely. Couldn't commend them higher for that. That was just, you know, such a lovely thing to see people uh, just, just adore and having a dog around. Sure, of course, it drew so much attention from people around as well, coming over like, oh, dog. And it's just the, the novelty of having a dog in a pub then as well. Everybody was loving it. Except for one girl. There was a, there was a crowd sitting at the table at my back, you know, just, just next to us. And um, occasionally the dog was just kind of walking around the table. It was on a lead now, I will say. It wasn't just freely run. It was just staying around our table. But occasionally the dog would just kind of go over and sniff her, you know, not aggressively and just kind of just get walk nearby or what have you and I overheard her saying fuck's sake who the fuck let a dog in here you know and I'm like Jesus Christ I've never it's not often you come across somebody with that kind of venom towards a dog I understand that kind of venom towards humans or fucking even if it was a child in there like fuck's sake who let a child in here but it's a dog it's a lovely dog why why is this upsetting you she clearly had just this bitterness about her and I was just like I was so tempted to turn around and say something but I was like you know what no we're out for a fucking birthday here now the bear staff uh, have been nice enough to leave the dog in I'm not going to start any fucking drama but I was so tempted to turn around and say oh fucking lighten up you stuck up cunt sit down and enjoy your drink and shut the fuck up the dog is not touching your harm and your anything it's just occasionally giving it a sniff nearby but um so we uh, so we drank there for a bit we went on to the, the crane lane because there was some sort of Foo Fighters tribute cover band whatever playing there um so we pottered on there for a while and then from there we moved on to um 
I was going to say BDSM, but they've changed the name. They've changed the name of my beloved BDSM. Uh, it's been a while since I've been down there, so I don't know when this happened, but I just arrived on now. Now it's just called the Black Dog Saloon or something like that. They've changed it. And, and somebody told me uh, on the night out, I don't know how true it is, but apparently uh, some locals were complaining about the name of the place and they had to change it or whatever. I don't know how true that is, but if it's true, that's fucking bullshit. Like, Jesus Christ, how is the name of the place BDSM offensive in any way, realistically? How does that impact anybody's life negatively? It doesn't. It's just some fucking, you can be, if it is true, it's just some dried up old fucking trollop. Uh, it's got a stick so far up their arse that can cough out fucking bark. And, and it's the loud minority that make the fucking changes in this modern world we're living in. You don't have to be fucking, you don't have to be vast, you just have to be loud. Kind of sickens your shit, you know? But the following morning, I tell you one thing, the missus got a, the, the missus got an interesting message off me. When I got up there at 11 o'clock the following day, I sent her on uh, a picture of my, uh, my fit, my fitness tracker and I had clocked up 12,000 steps before I'd even woke up that morning and she was like what the actual fuck because normally she'd absolutely trump me on a daily step counter you know she's a she's a work and whatnot I'm sitting at a computer like I'd be lucky to get about four or five thousand steps in in a day you know but uh, I had clocked up 12,000 before I even got out of the fucking bed and she was like what the fuck how did that happen and I can tell you how it happened lads we're drinking anyway and because I'm a pure night owl um, when the boys started fading there, when we got back to the gaff at around two or three o'clock in the morning, the boys are start fading. Of course, PJ had well, was generously sauced because it was his birthday and everybody was buying him drinks, so uh, it is no wonder he kind of passed out on the couch. And then one of the other boys then was just, you know, he's used to going to bed early, so he was fucked come two or three o'clock. So he fucked off the bed. So it was just myself and one of the other boys still up fucking going strong. And uh, he wanted to he wanted to head home to to leave the dog out, but you know, two of us still full of beans. So I just said, fuck it here, I'll potter along with you. We can have a few drinks at your house there while you're walking your dog and what have you. He's like, yeah, yeah, grand, yeah. So off we went anyway. Thing is, I had no fucking idea how far from PJ's gaff this lad lived. And it was such a mistake going there. <laughs> such a fucking mistake. Because PJ lives on one side of Cork, up 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 in the, the hills, as we call it. It's about a good 20, 25 minute walk from the, the, the city centre. You know, handy, easy enough when you have a few drinks in you and whatnot, but when you're towards the end of the night, you're getting a bit tired. It's a bit cumbersome. So we walked as far as the city centre, and I'm like, fuck's sake, he must be nearby now, is he? No, he, walk, he kept walking past the city centre out the other side, and the long short of it, he was a 45 minute, nearly an hour fucking walk from PJ's, and that was a fucking trick, and it was like, it was, it was too late by the time I realised how far I actually had to walk, and I was just committed at that point, so I got the haze, we had a couple of beers, and then eventually I was just like, right, I have to drive us home in the morning, so I need to get home, get back to PJ's, get some fucking sleep, and, and what have you, so I headed back, but just the walk there, and walk back, I clocked up 12 fucking thousand steps, <laughs> you know, and whatever few thousand I had from the, the night of drinking after midnight anyway so yeah the, so I just woke up the next morning and I was just like fuck's sake my legs are going to kill me tomorrow they're going to kill me <laughs> so it's the one few to- I think this is the first time in the last three years I'd say that I've gotten in more steps than the missus in a day <laughs> but all in all it was good night poor old PJ was shook uh, he, went, he went to bed and he was asleep for about four hours but then he woke up getting sick at about eight o'clock the following morning, and you know what? You know it's bad when you can sleep for about four hours before the the nausea kicks in. Like you know, it's just absolutely twatted. <laughs> but um, but thankfully he was like one of these twatteds where he didn't do anything like stupid or say say much in the way of anything that you'd be at with the fear of follow the morning uh, following mornings of your grand. So you know sometimes when you get really really twatted and you just wake up and you're like, oh shit, what did I say? What was I doing? Was I acting a cunt? Was I a liability to people around me? Like you know that's the shit you get at with for a day or two after, um. But, you know, he didn't do any of that, so he was grand. But now, next weekend after that, we went to uh, went to an old car event in Mondello. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Mondello Park is like a racing track in Ireland, essentially, above in... What did I say, Kildare? 
I'm pretty sure it's Kildare. I could be wrong. You know, it's it's Mondello anyway. Lads, you know what I'm talking about. But there was like a track day event thing going on there. It was called um, JDM Classics versus Supercars. And it was hosted by Shoah. And it was part of the Canon Run, the UK Canon Run. There's a lot of people from the UK come over to, to Ireland doing a Canon Run. I'm not, I'm not well versed in it, but I was just kind of... I was bored the other week. I was really bored. I was like, fuck's sake, I need to get away from this computer because it's actually starting to depress me. I'm not feeling myself in the last few months at all. I need to kind of start doing stuff outside the house and just connect more uh, with mates and just, you know, try find some fucking enjoyment out of life. So I did a bit of Googling anyway and I was just like, I like car shows and I haven't been to one in years and years and years. So I'll uh, I'll do that. So I, I had a look and I found that and I booked tickets for myself and PJ there and we went up along for the day and it was great. Fucking a great one out of I forgot how much enjoyment I got as a fella out of just hearing cars with loud engines go bop, 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 you know? And it was great. There was there was a lot of, like, you'll see my photos on Instagram if you follow me on there. I have a lot of photos from the day of, like, cool cars came across and stuff. And uh, just, just had a blast up there. There was lads up there drifting. There was lads up there racing. Um, you get to walk around the pit area where there was lads doing track days and stuff like that. You know, it was, it was just a nice lads day out. And it's something I haven't dabbled with in a while you know cares and, and, and stuff like that because like in my early to mid 20s I had to start convincing myself that I wasn't that interested in cares anymore because uh, I couldn't financially carry the weight of that with my life because uh, I loved JDM cares especially I love all the old Japanese cares the, the 90s and 90s Jap cares I was in love with all them but owning one and running one and maintaining one is cunt and expensive in this country. Ridiculously expensive. Insurance alone is about the value of the fucking cars, or at least back when I was driving them as well. I had a, a Myvec Colt back in the day, Mitsubishi Myvec uh, Colt. If, for those of you who know, it's Cyborg, Cyborg ZR. It was like one of them, but it was a Cyborg RX, which is kind of a step between the RS model and the, the Cyborg, but it doesn't matter. I had one of them. And the insurance on that car for a year cost as much as the car itself. And then fucking running the thing because it's, you know, it's a fucking 90s Jap car. They're built for being a pocket rocket, not built for fucking fuel economy. So they're expensive to run. And then everything's always fucking breaking on them. And then Mitsubishi in the 90s and the noughties didn't understand what a fucking paint job was. Um, so they used like the thinnest fucking paint imaginable. So the things just kept rusting like a console. It's a constant game of staying on top of it. Just, just an all around really expensive habit. And I came to the realization one day that like, you know, if I keep up this interest, if I keep up this interest, I'm never going to have a fucking penny to myself going forward. Um, because that's where the, the vast majority of my money was going every week. And I was just like, this, this is bullshit. It was just becoming a burden. So I convinced myself that I wasn't really interested in cars anymore. And that's when I went off and I bought, um, what did I have? What was my first guy? I think it was a golf. Just bought a golf, one, a shitty run around 1.4 golf. And that did me for a couple of years. And then after that, I, I got a BMW. It's an E46 320D BMW and quite enjoyed that because you got the rear wheel drive, you got the power, but it's also diesel. It's cheap to run. And then nowadays I've just got the, the newer version of the F30, um, BMW 320D. That's what I'm driving nowadays. So I had that. But, um, just, just, just the other day I kind of popped into my head. It's like, I really need to reconnect with that. Now that I'm older and I can make smart investments, I'm not as careless and whatnot with my money. I can actually just enjoy the, the atmosphere of being around cars and stuff like that. So I went up to the, I went up there for the day with PJ and it was, it was a lot of fun. I had a blast. We're up there for a good few hours and, uh, you know, just, just all around enjoyed it, chatting with dads in the pit lane there about their cars. It was, it was just all around fun day. One thing I noticed was hilarious though as well, because there was all these supercars up there. There was like Lamborghinis, Ferraris, um, you know, McLarens, all this kind of stuff up there. A vast sea of highly desirable and expensive cars. 
and myself and the lads were like looking at one of them there it was like a, a Lamborghini and had this like kind of mad Joker livery wrap on it like you know the Dark Knight Joker stuff like that look, looked deadly but then out of the corner of our eye we spot somebody in the, the pit lane who had a, a Toyota Starla Glenza V and like immediately our heads turned we're like oh fuck it's a Glenza oh fucking go over ran over and had a look at it and we were more excited about seeing the Glenza than we were about seeing the supercars and we were all just kind of laughing at that to ourselves because we were just like, um, it's just so funny how like you have that kind of emotional connection to the cars you do know and you grew up around and the ones you desired when you were, you, when you were younger and that you don't have with supercars. Like supercars are lovely and desirable and all that, but they're, they're other, you know, you never achieve one of them. They're just, they're, they're, they're a spectacle. They're like a firework. You don't have any emotional attachment to them. They're just uh, nice to look at. But yeah, have all these old Japanese cars and stuff like that, and you actually connect with them emotionally. You're like, oh, I remember this, so you have nostalgia about it and all that. It's just, I was more excited, and we were all more excited just to see the old Jap cars that are becoming rarer and rarer as time goes on than we were to see all these mad supercars and Lamborghinis and stuff like that. So uh, I, fa- I found great uh, humor in that, I suppose, when you had all these lads showing up. And they're like, here, check out my, my Lamborghini. And we're like, oh, lads, look, there's a fucking DC2 Integra. <laughs> oh, look, lads, there's an old cam. You know, all this kind of stuff. We were just, just ignoring the nice cars for the old ones. <laughs> but, um, no, no, very much enjoyed it. But one thing it's, it's, it's kind of made me think about, cause, because this yoke was a part track day. So it was like you had people from the general public could just pay 150 quid to come in and shoot around a track in for six hours or what have you with their own kind of track car they brought in. It's, it's kind of gave me an idea and I really want to fucking do it, but it could be a terrible idea as well. I want to get my hands on a 1.2 K11 Micra, like the one, like the Fanny Wagon, but the 1.2 engine, the faster one, like it's impossible to find. I checked on deal and everything. I want to get my hands on one of them and I want to modify it and I want to make a fucking, I want to make a Fanny Wagon 2.0 track day care. Like the, this fucking ugly cunting Micra and I want it to be an absolute fucking animal on the track. I just, that idea is just hilarious to me. And, I, and obviously I'd love to shoot around the track there with no fucking worries about the guards checking how fast you were going and jumping out of a ditch with a hairdryer you know that kind of way um, it's, it's got the little bit of the hook in there for me so I've been talking to PJ about it and we're considering just going halves on a, on a track day car between us because he's a place where you could store a car I, I don't have any place I can put a car but he's a place you could store a car so we're, we're considering going halves on an old track day car there. Just something, something fun to do in the odd weekend because I had a lot of fun at Mandela that was great crack and one thing it's got into me as well because somebody messaged me on Instagram after I posted a, a couple of drifting clips on my story of the day was they told me about the Irish Drifting Championship which I didn't know was a thing I always thought it was like Driftmasters was the, the main drifting event and all I didn't realise Ireland had its own uh, drifting event at all granted I wouldn't have known because drifting is only something I've only recently got into the, the last few months I'm fucking loving it but uh, they told me about this and you know the championship goes on around Ireland all the time and they do the odd weekends you just arrive on the day pay 20 quid and you can go in and watch people fucking drift around the track all day that sounds like a blast so I'll probably be looking into more of that and doing a lot more of that dragging PJ along there's a, a thing going on in Mandelo in September as well as the LZ festival or something like that drifting event I've already got tickets gotten for it I found out about it too late though I would have loved to do like the meet and greet tickets and stuff like that but by the time I booked it it was only just general spectator tickets left which is a bit of a shame but um, yeah if you're going to that you might see me potter around in the crowd although you'll, you'll probably never come across me I'm, I'm guessing there's going to be a fuck ton of people at that you know so yeah that's what's going on in my life now when, when it comes to cars and stuff like that the hook is a little bit back in of a, I've, I've reminded myself how much I enjoy cars uh, another thing I posted yesterday right I've, I've come across this like new recipe online, new recipe in air quotes, because it's not necessarily a recipe. It's too simple to be considered a recipe. But uh, because I do the keto diet and I'm kind of sick of eating the same shit every day, the other day I got craving for a burger. 
I was like, fucking, I love a burger. Problem is, the burger buns have carbs in them, so I can't have, uh, you know, regular burgers. So I looked up online and there was this fella doing like a keto burger and he did up a burger, all the fucking accoutrement. So you have your, your burger, your cheese, your bacon, your tomatoes, your onion, and you know, your sauce. But what he did instead of a bun is he just got a big leaf of lettuce and wrapped the whole thing in that and just ate it like that. So basically the, the lettuce was kind of acting as a bun. And I was just like, fuck it, I'll give it a go. It can't be all that nice. It's probably going to be like soggy lettuce and fucking horribleness. And, you know, it's kind of it's better than nothing kind of solution. And I tried it the other day. And uh, I, made, I made them up. I made a couple, myself a couple of burgers. Took a photo, posted that to Instagram. Just kind of go, look at the fucking shit I'm eating. And um, people fucking, people hated it. I was getting DMs of people. It's like, what the fuck is that abomination? <laughs> oh, they, they were one bit happy. But I had a couple of people, sure, they were like, oh, yeah, I fucking died and this shit. And he's doing like, you know, but... The vast majority of people were repulsed <laughs> by my my lettuce burgers for all the world. <laughs> I had one person saying, like, uh, one person had asked me, have I gone vegan, even though you can clearly see meat and cheese in the fucking thing. But, um, but whatever, yeah, people people were saying it was an abomination and fuck that, you know, what, where's the bone and stuff like this. And I'm like, ads, I know, I agree. There's nothing I'd love more than to slap a lovely fucking toasted brioche bun on that there and fucking chow down on that. But I can't, I'm on keto, I can't have carbs. So the lettuce is the next best thing. And uh, you know what? It was actually surprisingly good. The lettuce didn't sog out, it was nice and crunchy. It, it weirdly holds the burger better than a fucking bun because if you're using the whole leaf, you just fold it around it so shit doesn't spill out the back of it when you bite down, you know? It's it's good. It's not nearly, it's not as good as an actual bun. If an actual bun was 10 out of 10, this was like a, a 7 out of 10, you know? It's not as good as a regular burger, but it scratches the itch and you can get, you know, surprisingly little calories. It's about 300 calories in that thing as well. Like, you know, and you're getting a fucking burger and you're only sacrificing a bit of bread. Not bad. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I might do that more going forward, post my keto meals. Just to annoy people because I've seen how angry they got. <laughs> and I fuck, I love, I love annoying people. It's, it's a little bit of a passion of mine. I just love to annoy fuckers. Um, yeah, I get a weird sadistic. Uh, chuckle out of annoying other people <laughs> but uh, yeah I'll be doing more of that but uh, but if you are on keto I highly recommend just trying it you know it does seem a bit far-fetched that the just lettuce instead of a bun would work but it actually gives it a nice crunch and it tastes exactly like a burger Burger, like let's be fair bread doesn't have a whole lot of flavouring so give it a go I highly recommend it I mentioned at the top of the podcast as well I was uh, I was watching a bit a few TikToks the other day and I'd say, I'd say collectively I've watched maybe about 200 TikToks in my, my entire life and you know I, I'm very quick to skip past things I don't like it's like you know I'd know within the first three seconds I'm like oh no bullshit move past and stuff like that and I was always under the impression that like the TikTok algorithm would pick up on what you like you know what like, like YouTube this is something you enjoy so here's more of it but it's shit it really is shit because in the like the limited time I've been using TikTok the amount the fucking amount of videos it's suggesting me about there's some bald cunt to some entrepreneur that keeps bashing women, uh, keeps popping up. I skip past every single fucking one of them, but he keeps popping up. And, uh, conspiracy theories videos. Fucking the amount of them. Y'all know me. I can't stand conspiracy theories. Look, if, if one conspiracy theory out of every hundred turns out to be true, great, yeah, all well and good, but I'll just take it as bullshit until it's proven otherwise, you know? So I, I, go, I have no time for conspiracy theory videos, but I keep getting suggested all this shit, I swear. It's like my aunt is running fucking TikTok. Keep sending all this shit in my way. And I'm like, 
Why do you keep sending me this shit when I have no interest in it? I was surprisingly disappointed with that, the TikTok algorithm. I thought it was just going to be, you know, the fucking snake eating its own tail where you only watch certain videos, so it'll only suggest certain videos, so you kind of get stuck in a bit of an echo chamber of videos there. But no, it keeps throwing just, just random horse shit at you as well, and you're just, what the fuck is this bollocks? Like, if anything, I think it's throwing more bullshit I don't watch at me than stuff I would watch at me, you know? And I don't mean just stuff, just stuff that I wouldn't watch. I mean stuff that I find personally almost offensive, you know? Where I'm just like, oh, fuck off, instead of, no, this doesn't interest me. You know, that kind of way. So, yeah, I was, I was very shocked by that. But speaking of that, when I came across, I was watching this thing. Uh, it was this it was this TikTok, and it was like a, a, a black person doing a TikTok. And the black person's actually Irish. And they were talking about what it's like being black and being in Ireland. It was a very interesting watch. And I can't remember who the fuck they were now. But, you know, TikTok fucking videos are so disposable. You never catch people's name and whatnot. But um, they were talking about being black in Ireland. And there's one phrase they, they were said they were called by somebody before was a burnt leprechaun. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> Do you know? You know when you hear, like, funny racism? I know it sounds bad, but you know when you hear something, it's just like, when they said, like, burnt leprechaun, I was like, Jesus Christ. That's a, that's a, that's a thing, I suppose. <laughs> like, it's definitely racist. I won't lie. That's, like, in my head, I'm, I'm fighting with the idea. It's like, is calling a black person who's also Irish a burnt leprechaun cute or kind of offensive? And the fact that I'm not able to make my mind up about that probably means it's offensive. It's not obvious. <laughs> but, but it's along the same lines of, like, you know, when when an English person was like, one parent is Irish, one parent is English, or an Irish person born in England, whatever, it, it falls. And they're called a plastic paddy, which is basically like an artificial Irishman. Plastic, you know, like plastic surgery and paddy, obviously, being Ireland. So plastic paddy. So I was thinking like along them lines, but burnt leprechaun, <laughs> that's a bit fucking harsh. <laughs> almost. Yeah, that's, that's probably my problem with it. It sounds a bit too harsh, but, uh, it's, it's still kind of funny, but it's, it's definitely, it's, <laughs> I don't feel good about laughing for, laughing at it. Did you, did you ever get that, those kind of things? <laughs> um, yeah, I've no, I've no insight for that, lads. I just it popped into, uh, it's been, it's been living in my head rent free for, since I've heard it for the last couple of weeks now. So now I'm just sharing it with G. Fuck it. If you're black and, oh, just knocked over me vape. If you're black and you're living in Ireland, how do you feel about burnt leprechaun? I'm sure that's probably not the worst thing. Uh, you, you've heard because you know, Irish people do have a way with words, so I'm sure like we can get very fucking creative with our kind of our racism, be it light-hearted banter or actual venom, you know. So that, it's gonna be interesting to know the kind of shit <laughs> you have to come and pour out of our fucking mouths on a daily basis because we've no filter. There's one thing about the Irish, we've no filter. Like if we walk into a room and there's a black man standing there, like the first thought that goes through our head is Jesus, a black man. You know, there wouldn't be any venom in it either. It'd be just, oh look at that. It's kind of, like, I find it almost charming as an Irish person. You know, the one thing I like about our culture is the fact that we don't sugarcoat things and we can actually say a lot of things, uh, because of our culture and the way we behave, we can say a lot of things that are generally not taken as offensive because it's almost, it's it's so innocent in our behaviour in a way by just go and say, oh, Jesus, a black person. It's like we're addressing the elephant in the room straight away and not pretending that we're, we're not addressing it. You know, it's like one of them things when you see somebody who's disabled and you're like, should I stare? Shouldn't I stare? If I don't stare, does that mean uh, they're getting offended that I'm afraid to look their way? But if I do stare, do they think I'm staring because I think they're weird? You know, you're going to get that thing. But if you just kind of address it immediately, that's got to be a relief for everybody, right? You know, that's that's the way I've always looked at it. You know what else is going on in the world? Old America, they're, they're, they're undoing uh, abortions. They're, they're getting rid of abortions, at least a lot of America is, which is, it's kind of funny to me because I think like, if I had to give a ballpark guess, I'm not giving actual figures here now because... Again, America's not my country. I don't really care that much. But if I had to give a ballpark figure, 
I would say that maybe about 60 to 70% of Americans are probably like pro-choice when it comes to abortion. But because there's the, the few in power at the top that disagree, you know, they get their way in. I'm not sure how the political system works, but it always seems like the American one is a little bit broken. Not to say the rest of the world's are top-notch, but, you know, it's, America's always in the fucking news. You can't get it. Like, Americans, I love you. I do. I really do. You're great crack. But could you just get out of the news for a week or two? We need to fucking break the rest of the world. It's non-stop in the news about some January 6th shite and fucking election this and abortion that and shooting this. And it's just, Jesus, lads, we, we need a break. Like, you know, it's like living with somebody who just won't shut up talking about themselves, you know? Do you know when like, every time you're talking to somebody and they're just like, actually, that reminds me of a thing that I did when I did this thing. And you're just like, Jesus, does everything have to come back to what you're doing? You know, that's what it feels like the rest of You're always in the feckin' news, lads. Just, you need to take a, take a day for R&R. Take, take a day. America needs a day off. You've been working too hard. You've been getting up to too much. You know, life's getting a bit chaotic. I think you just need to take, take a day to yourself. Just, you know, lie down, put some cucumber on your eyes there. You know, facial mask there. Just, just take it easy. Go out, have a spa day, America. Have a spa day. Take some time off. There's only so long you can talk about race, inequality, gender, politics, shootings, abortions. There's only so much of that you can do, like, you know, uh, before the rest of the world kind of goes, you know what? Maybe you should talk to somebody else because it feels like you don't care about us anymore, you know? <laughs> but yes, they're, they've, uh, they've, 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 they're abolishing abortion, which, uh, you know, which is not, not fair. I'd be pro-choice as well. My opinion on it is uh, if a woman wants to not get pregnant and to, you know, to undo a pregnancy, she's well within her right to fucking do so. It's not my fucking body. I shouldn't have a fucking say in it. I do I do love that Dave Chappelle skit. He talks about, like, you know, women should be allowed abortions, but men should be allowed to, uh, I think he said, not pay child support if they don't want a child. <laughs> you know, make it fair. I think the line was, if a woman can kill a child, then I should be at least be allowed to abandon it. <laughs> But yeah, they're getting, they're getting rid of abortion. I will say, though, it's not all bad. Like, if you're uh, an American woman, don't worry if you don't want a child, because, let's be fair, um, realistically, you're probably going to have to only raise the child for about 8 to 12 years. It's not a full lifetime commitment, because there's a good chance they'll be shot in school. So, it's not all bad, you know? Take the rough with the smooth. You can get the best years. They'll probably be dead by teenagehood, like, you know? A couple of holes in them there from going to the math class. And then you won't have to deal with those the horrible teenage years of them turning against you. Win-win. <laughs> so my, my dark sense of humor showing through there <laughs> somebody's not going to like that are they <laughs> I, I was perusing Facebook the other day as well you know I'll do it once every six months just to catch up on the new conspiracy theories and whatnot. but uh, I was looking through my news feed now I'm starting to notice something and maybe some of you guys might notice this too you know when you have people in your lives um, you've known throughout the years you may not be like super friendly with them or whatever, but you know, they've kind of fallen into to drugs or they're a bit of a scumbag, a bit of a waster, just this kind of, I'm going to live on welfare and, you know, take heroin for the rest of my days. You know, those kind of people, um, we all know them. We all have them in our lives. Um, we don't necessarily have them directly in our lives. We've just used to know them back before they got into drugs or what have you. So, you know, so you feel obliged to have them as a friend on Facebook, but you never talk to me. I haven't spoken to them in 15 years or what have you. Um, I've started to note something with them. Why is it every single one of them take photos with a Casio calculator. Seriously, look at this. Every scummy person I know on Facebook, everybody fucking hard into the, the drugs, any, everyone who's an absolute piece of shit, everyone who's probably got some prison time ahead in their lives, all of them post photos of a resolution that I haven't seen since 1995. Every photo, like, and I don't get it. I understand having a shit phone. You know, if they don't have a lot of money, they're spending all their money on drugs and what have you. They don't have a lot of money. That's fine. 
But I used to work in an electronic shop. I dealt with phones every day of the week. And even the shittiest entry-level phone nowadays has a decent camera. But the photos I see these fuckers posting, it looks like they took it on their fucking microwave. Every photo is just grainy and fucking pixelated. And I'm like, where the fuck are you getting these phones at? They're still sporting a Nokia 3200 and I don't know how they're doing it and where they're fucking finding these phones. They could shoot up a couple of needles there and draw a picture of what they think they look like stoned out of their fucking mind and it'll be a better resolution than the fucking photos they're posting on Facebook. I don't know. I don't know what you want to do with that information. That's just an observation. Uh, just keep an eye out for it next time you're on Facebook or what have you. All these horribly fucking grainy fucking dark photos. And there's, there's a couple of them as well. There's a couple of lads I know and they post selfies. These same kind of scoby lads. And they post selfies. And they look like shit in the selfie. Like, they're not smiling. Their mouth is kind of hanging open and stuff like that. And then they use it as a profile picture. And I'm just like, come on. There's no way you think that's a flattering photo, lad. Come on now. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not fucking vain or anything like that. But Jesus Christ, at least try a second photo and see if it's any better. <laughs> They're fucking sitting on a bus there or dying in a ditch or fucking piss-soaked alleyway and they're just taking a photo and they're like, oh, that's fucking mint. I'll get all the bureaus now, lad. <laughs> God almighty. It could be just the fact that they're stoned out of their mind and they have no idea how terrible the photo looks. It is possible because I would say, like, you know, eventually you'd sober up and see it, but some of these lads just don't sober up at all. They're just in a constant state of it being uh, stoned out of their fucking tits. Who knows? Somebody had asked me a while back there, and I forgot to talk about it on the podcast, so I'm going to talk about it now. And their question was um, about some of my lesser sexual experiences. They're asking me about, like, you know, sometimes I didn't have a whole lot of fun, or, you know, something went wrong, or something hilarious happened. You know, general uh, bad experiences, I suppose, would be the best way to describe it, in sex. And I got, and I was thinking about it, and, and, I've, and a few things have come to mind, and I'm going to share them with G now, so you, can, you might knock a bit of crack out of them, you know. And uh, the first thing that, come to, that came to mind when somebody said that to me was... Um, there was this girl I was texting for a while, my younger years. We had, uh, we would text for a few weeks and, you know, things were getting a bit flirty, a bit hot and heavy and whatnot. And we, uh, we met up for the ride as you do back in the day. It was actually in the fanny wagon as well. So, uh, we met up for the ride and anyway, I cruised down to her, picked her up, parked someplace secluded and went for the ride as, as you do. But, uh, before we got to the secluded place, I was, you know, chatting to her and whatnot and been a bit flirty and what have you. And the conversation about sex was obviously on both of our minds. So we were talking about that. And that's when she told me that she didn't give blowjobs. She refuses to give blowjobs. Full stop. And I was just like, well, you just don't like the, the taste, the load, or, you know, you kind of gag on that, or what's the name? She's like, no, no, I just don't, I don't put cock in my mouth. And that was the fastest I've ever been turned off a woman in my life. Look, because I, I understand load is probably not a pleasant thing to have in your gob. Probably not. You know, this This is why, you know, the question spit or swallow, but it's never like, do you take dick or don't you take dick in the gob? That's not a question. Like, if you're not willing to do that as a woman, what else are you not willing to do? This was going through my head at the time. I'm like, what? You don't give a fucking blowjob? That's that's basic shit. How do you not do that basic shit? That's like saying you don't kiss somebody when you're fucking them. It's so bizarre. It's like saying I don't get naked when I have sex. Just that kind of like entry. She's falling at the first hurdle. Entry level. She's failing the fucking entry test is what she's doing right there. Not to say I didn't fuck her. I did. We went to this cool place. We fucked. And uh, once I got her out there, I never spoke to her again. That was like straight up. Absolutely not. I'm not getting any way attached or familiar with a girl that doesn't suck dick. Fuck that. So that was one bizarre or negative experience I had with a girl. Another girl I was with before, same same kind of situation. I did most of my riding in my early early twenties and late teens, so you know, it'll be a lot of car stories. But um but the second time or the second time I uh had a bad experience was I met up with this girl, similar situation, text from for a while, met up for the ride. Um but we weren't riding in the car. We were like we stopped at a park. Just just park late at night, like one or two in the morning, and there was a bit of a 
bit of a field there. We kind of climbed, jumped into the field there. It was no some place to be no eyes on us. Got her naked there, down down to her birthday suit. And like I started to know something was a bit off because she wasn't really participating. I was kind of like, I wasn't dressing her. Uh, I was dropping the hand. I was feeling the tit as you do. And she was just being a bit stiff and not engaging in the whole the whole event whatsoever would be the best way I could describe it. She, she wasn't getting very hands. She wasn't even touching me. Like, you know, that kind of way. And I was like, all right, this is... It's a bit off-putting, but fuck it. Maybe she's just a bit shy or something like that. Or, you know, you know, she'll wake it up when she gets the rod in her anyway. Women usually do. Kind of livens them up a bit. Which is funny because, like, as a fella, you're randy before sex, where a lot of the time women are only randy after the sex has begun, you know, kind of awakens it in them. Yeah, so I stripped her off, put the dick in, riding her away. And the whole time during the ride, she didn't thrust back. She didn't groan. Fucking, she was only short of looking sideways and refusing eye contact. Like, an absolute non-starter whatsoever, this one. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, it was it was really bad sex. Like, I, I was doing everything. She was just laying there like a fucking, like an old mattress beside a skip, doing fuck all. That was shit. So I uh, I went home that night, and I was, I was texting her kind of after the fact, and I, I met it, I, and I said it to her. I was like, Era, you all right with the ride? Like, that was just seemed a bit one-sided. So, you know, what, what's the story? Sorry if you hear my dog in the background. He's talking in his sleep. But uh, I was like, that sex was a bit one-sided. You know, it's kind of, did, I didn't really feel like you were into it, so you know, you all right with me? And she was just like, yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm not really big into sex. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's the first time I've ever heard that from anybody. I'm not really into sex. Like, it was so bad when I went home, I had a wank. You know, you know, sex is bad when you get home and the first thing you do is have a wank after it. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> but yeah, after, after that, I was like, okay, there's, listen, sexy time with you is not going to be fun. So, you know, I didn't pursue that anymore either. I was like, all right, fuck this now. This is just... It's not going to be fun. You know, because as a fella, sex is something you look forward to and you want somebody to be engaged and participate and you ha- have a bit of crack, a bit of banter. It's a, it's a collaborative effort and and it, and it can be a whole lot of fun. And if you're saying a relationship, before a relationship even starts and you're saying that that's not ever going to happen, then that's a very unpleasant fucking thing to... There, there's no pleasant thing to look forward to in that relationship, realistically. I'm sure there'll be some joy to be had about the personality and whatever else, but there's only so much crack you can knock out of a wank, you know? Another experience that I'm happy to share, overshare with you lot, is that the first time I ever got blue balls, and some of you out there may not know what that is, and um, you can learn as I learned. I'll tell you the story, and you can learn along as I did at the time. So I was, I was with this girl, we were going out for a couple of months, and uh, we're out drinking one night, and after the pub, this this is before I was driving around like this, so uh, I was younger again, but after the pub, we made our way down to the back of an old super value care park, <laughs> because I'm a classy lad like that, and uh, we started kind of shifting against the wall and dropping the hand and all that kind of stuff. And she started like tossing me off. And before long, she had the, the knob in her mouth. Fair play to her. And uh, she's sucking me off. But the thing is, I was I was a bit filled to the gills with drink. A bit too much. And uh, even though I was enjoying it, I wasn't getting anywhere. I wasn't arriving anytime soon. So after about half an hour of that, we kind of called the quits and went, look. Sorry, Max was sneezing there. It's so funny when dogs sneeze and they spin the head really fast, like trying to shake the sneeze out of their nose. But um, and as I was saying, so it was about a half an hour at that, nothing was happening, so we I just gave up on the idea. I was like, look, we'll, we'll go at this some other time, we'll finish the job, whatever, like, you know, because we're going to be here all night at this rate. So she was like, grand fair enough, and she headed off home, and I headed home. But on my walk home, I noticed I start getting an unmerciful ache in my balls. Like every time I took a step, like the vibration of that step would jingle through my body and my balls would move. And it was like, I felt like I had just been kicked in the balls about 10 minutes previous and they were still aching. You know, that's the best way I could describe it. I don't know what the fuck was going on because I was still kind of new to whole sexy stuff at this time anyway. So I was a bit kind of clueless. And in my mind, I was like, oh, fuck. 
I ever get a fucking STD? Did she gob some STD into my knob and now it's it's made its way into my balls and I'm aching? What the fuck is going on? So, not knowing what was going on, I rang w- one of my mates who was a bit more sexually advanced than what I was. And I was like, here, lad. Um, I, I was I was down the back of Super Valley Car Park there about half an hour ago with the missus and she was sucking the knob. And now I'm heading home and my balls are aching like a bastard. What's going on? And he was like, tell me this. Did you, did you, did you finish the blow load? I was like, no, I didn't sure. I couldn't get fucking anywhere with the drink in me. Like, so we just gave up the idea and went home. And he's like, right. He goes, what you're after getting is blue balls. It's like when you, when you get Randy and you go at something, but then you, you don't finish the job. He's like, he's like, you get backed up and the balls start aching. So he's like, what you do now? He's like, you go home there and have a wank. And as soon as you have the wank there, you'll be fine. So I was like, fuck's sake. This is so bizarre. I never thought this could happen. So I went home, had a toss and no, no word of a lie. Within five minutes of having the toss, I was grand again. So that was my first ever experience with blue balls. And uh, for the younger among you that must be listening there and don't know what it is, <laughs> now you do. <laughs> if you ever find yourself in that situation, you just have swollen balls from not blowing up. Max, you're not being very helpful. Well, you want a belly rub, do you? He's looking at me like a psychopath. Hold on there and I go over there and rub him. Yes, mister. What can I do you for? What can I do you for? Yep, there you go now. Now what you want? Loads of rubs and... You're only lovely, so you are. Mm, yeah, yeah. You're not helping with my podcast. Yeah, you can sneeze all you want. No shake, yeah. Punch you, make more noise. Don't go out and break a few glasses or something, do you? <laughs> right, there you go. Sorry, lads, had to be done. Had to father me dog there real quick, you know. Now, where was I? Um. Yeah, the, the last one of my, my kind of bad sexual experiences, and I, I think I might have shared this before, I don't know. I talk a lot, lads, I don't know what I've said in the past, so if, I, if I'm repeating myself, I do apologise. But um, no, it was one time I was out with with my ex, out with the missus at the time, and uh, we got very drunk. Well, I did anyway, she was drunk enough as well, like so. And uh, we went to bed, and we started fooling around in the bed as you do. Well, more so, like she was more randy than what I was, um, so she was going at me. And, you know, when she got a bit drunk, she was very, uh, very giving in the bedroom, as I suppose would be the best way to put it. So she started, started slobbing the knob, as you do. Give me an old, uh, an old suck job, which was lovely. But next thing I know, I get a slap across the face, like proper fucking hard open pan slap. My ear was ringing after it. That's how much of a slap I got. And I was just absolutely startled. I didn't know what the fuck happened. I said, what the fuck? What you slapped me for? It turned out I had fallen asleep while she was sucking me off. <laughs> she said, you fucking cunt. You started snoring. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, yeah, poor girl, I fucking fell asleep when she was sucking me off, which I'm sure did fuck all, you know, didn't, didn't do much for her confidence in her, in her sucking game. <laughs> but I was, uh, the problem was, was so late and I was so filled with drink, I just, I obviously got super relaxed and just dozed off. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was one where I was on the other end. I, I wasn't uh, the one complaining, I was the one being a bollocks. <laughs> but in my defense, I kind of, like, she was the one looking for the hop, and I was just kind of like, oh, Jesus, I'm kind of fit for the sack now, and that's it, like, you know. But I was trying to be nice and oblige, but, uh, yeah, no, it's kind of <laughs> backfired. <laughs> oh, it still makes me chuckle to this day. So now that I think about it, we're, we're in the, 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 towards the mid of the podcast, I think it's time for a Quack Me Up Corner. Quack, 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 quack me up. Quack, 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 quack me up. Get your ducks in order. It's time for Quack Me Up Corner. I feel like giving some communal laughters in this one today. So what we're going to do is we're going to do some fucking dad jokes. Some good salt of the earth, groaning, I'm sorry I laughed at that, 
dad jokes for you lot, you know, because as I said, for, as I said earlier, I just like to annoy people. And, you know, I think you know, dad jokes are just the best kind of joke because it's just like, oh, it just it, it, it spurs a different emotion than just laughter out of you. And I think that's great. So prepare yourselves for some terrible dad jokes. Why are elevator jokes so good? Because they work on many levels. No, didn't do it for you. OK, how about this one? What do you call a fish with no eye? A fish. <laughs> oh, that one got to chuckle out of me. Okay, we'll try a couple more and uh, I'll stop tormenting you then. My girlfriend says she's leaving me because of my obsession with safety. I told her to not let the door hit her on the way out. And we'll leave this as the last one so I can stop annoying you. Why can't you ever run through a campsite? You can only run through a campsite because it's always past tense. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. I'll stop now. I'll stop now. So I said at the top of the podcast I was going to talk about some things that I think women should know about men. So I have a little uh, little list of, of done up here. I've actually done prep for this podcast, would you believe, lads? That's probably why it's going to run on a bit longer. I actually have stuff to talk about. But, um, but yeah, so I made a little list of things that I think, you know, if you're a woman out there, um, you might get some uh, you might get some insight into men, something you might be able to learn and take away from this to understand us a little bit better. And if you're a man listening, you might get a bit of validation from hearing all this kind of stuff that we all have to tolerate this to a degree and, you know, the different mannerisms. It's not just you. We're all like this. So, yeah, the first thing I'll say is, and I'm going to say these in terms of if I'm addressing women, because it's just easier, you know, to have all my points kind of laid out like that. Uh, when your man says he's fine, if you, if you have a fella and he tells you he's fine when you ask him, is he okay? He's either fine or he doesn't want to talk about it. Us fellas, we're internal creatures, problem solvers. Women feel better by talking. Men feel better by solving problems. That's why we hate washing clothes, but we like fixing things. And when I say a man doesn't want to talk about it, I mean he doesn't want to talk about it. Men typically don't feel better by getting things off our chest. We want to solve the problem. And, you know, dragging it out of us or forcing us to talk about it doesn't help. He hates it. Like, no, leave me be. I'm still trying to figure this shit out myself. There's a lot of that in it. And what else contributes to it as well, uh, speaking as a fella, we don't talk about our feelings to our partners or missus or what have you, because what can happen, and it often does, when you open up to your, your missus or whatnot about your rusted state of mind, it can cause your missus to become concerned. She'll start to worry about you and start checking up on you and making sure you're okay, which sounds like a lovely thing in the face of it. But what starts to happen is, not only does he have to figure out why his brain is throwing a fucking error code, but now he's also got to comfort you because you overthink everything and you think he's on the verge of kicking the chair away. So a lot of the time when a man doesn't want to talk about his feelings, it's because he's trying not to make any more work for himself. You know, it's it's just not fair to expect a man to open up about his feelings and console you about how he's feeling as well. It's, that's not, that's not helpful. It, it makes things worse. Another thing is when women say fellas don't talk about their feelings. We do. We talk about our feelings all the time. Uh, we just talk about them to other men. Doesn't matter how bad it is. Breakups, depression, grief, whatever the case is, we'll spill the beans to the boys. Like women think when a couple of lads get in a room, it's all sex talk and banter. And a lot of it is to be sure, but two lads could spend five hours talking about their fear of debt or their struggle with happiness as easy as they comment about a nice arse. So th- th- so I don't like that whole idea that men don't talk about their feelings. We do. At least, you know, generally. We just talk about them with other men because there's no risks involved in talking about another man. We won't have to console the other man after. You know, we're very like-minded. We're both men. We understand from a better point of view. And we're talking to a fellow problem solver who's actually trying to help us fix the problem and not just uh, validate our feeling. You know that kind of way. Another thing. When you're buying a gift for a fella, make sure it's practical. I'm speaking from experience. I was with a girl before and for my birthday, she got me a scrapbook 
made up of a load of photos. She made me a scrapbook with a load of photos of us and the kind of places we went and hung out and photos we'd taken. And she got me a, a stuffed bear or a stuffed animal. And though the thought was lovely, I fucking hated it because I was just like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this shit? You know, fellas are just more practical beings. Don't buy us a teddy bear, buy us a screwdriver. Don't give us a lovely framed photo, buy us a PlayStation game. We're just practical. We just, we want something that we can make use. So the problem is you get in this thing like where, and fellas are guilty of doing this too with the women, where we buy them practical gifts when in reality they kind of want something that kind of means more, has more emotion to it. Um, so we're guilty of this as well, the other side, but I'm just strictly talking about women and this one. So I'll say, don't buy a gift for a fella that you'd like, buy a gift for, for a fella that he'd like, you know? He's not going to appreciate uh, a, st- a, a fluffy tie or a scented candle. He wants something that he can practically use day to day or something that'll be helpful in his day to day. Superficial shit is not going to be uh, appreciated. And we'll, we'll tell you we love it. Yeah, we'll put on a brief. We'll stick it in a lovely little shoebox and we'll hold onto it forever until the relationship ends and then we we'll finally fucking throw it in the bin. But practical gifts when you're buying a fella something. Another one. If a fella says something that can be interpreted as an insult, it's not an insult. Nor was it intended to be an insult outside of, you know, if you're fucking arguing with your missus or what have you. Always take what a fella says to you or your your your, your fella says to you as a, a joke or lighthearted or as a compliment, even if it can be interpreted another way, because 100% of the time it wasn't intended to be a fucking insult or a jab at how you look or how you behave or an insult. And the fellas out there will know what I'm talking about. Like, I feel like women, I feel like women already know this, but they go out of their way to find insults and jokes or venom and observations and if like if, if if their personality was a body like if you could convert their personality into a to a lovely body a physical item the trait of finding insults where there wasn't any is as much of a turn on as a big fucking purple pulsing hemorrhoid it isn't fun for us to have to clarify everything we say even when it's fucking obvious and it's not fun for you because it deters us from speaking freely because we're going to be overanalyzing everything we say now out of fear we'd upset you or you fucking might misinterpret something, which in turn will sacrifice a level of honesty in what we're saying. And, you know, before you know it, we're fucking white lying to you all day long. And, that, you know, it's not fun for anyone. So if something was clearly intended to be a compliment or an observation or not to be offensive, then don't fucking get offended. Sorry, I got a bit heated with that one. But, like, you know, this is, this is not like isolated one girl. Almost every girl I've been with uh, in my life and even my current missus does it as well it's a bit annoying on occasion where I'll say something she'll take it personally offensive and just like oh fuck off you know what I fucking meant by it like don't do this shit don't fucking make something out of nothing now you've just soured the conversation and I want to walk away and they're all guilty of it most women are guilty of this and it's a, it's a really fucking it's a horrible trait I hate it the next one and I've, I'm kind of having personal experience with this <laughs> yesterday and today the silent treatment is not a punishment, ladies. I'm sorry, it isn't. We like silence. We'll happily go about our day not speaking to you. Like, if I was in a more toxic relationship, I would absolutely misbehave in order to get the silent treatment just so I can have a, a day off of, of having to talk, you know? <laughs> I got this experience kind of yesterday um, because uh, a couple of nights ago, I was working away in a video, I was doing some editing. I was having a few drinks. I was doing that and eventually I got... I reached my point of I'm I'm done editing. I want to do something else, so I stopped editing, and uh, I, I got the I was having a lash in the bathroom, and I got the figari in my head. The shower door in the downstairs bathroom uh, doesn't close properly; it doesn't seal. It's not it's not straight. So I was like, "Fuck it! Uh, what kind of runners are on the door that I need to replace so I can order them now and I can do it during the weekend and fix it?" 
Um, and I was so I did a bit of googling to see how the, the runners work and stuff like that, and found out I actually I can actually fix it right now this very second. Uh, and you know I don't need to order any parts, so I started doing that, and I started fixing uh, the shower. Thing is, this is about two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but you know I'm a night owl, and I had a couple of drinks in me as well, so I was just like you know I I, I had the, the the motivation to do something, you know, when you get that way. So I just said fuck it, I'll just do this. I wasn't making a massive amount of noise. Uh, fixing it because it was just uh, you know screwing stuff off with a screwdriver and stuff like that I wasn't, I wasn't making a whole lot of noise but it was when I was checking the seal of the door I had to turn on the shower and you know an electric shower would be quite loud but I was just like fuck it I've often talked to lads on discord at silly o'clock in the morning and laughed and bantered and I've not woken her up so I thought nothing of it um, I was wrong shower woke her up the second I turned it on she woke up and then she got pissed off because she couldn't get back to sleep. And then she went to work really tired and stuff like that. And uh, the following day, she gave me the silent treatment, more or less. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, fuck off. It's not like I put down a dog. You just didn't get some sleep. Lighten up. Um, but anyway, I fixed the shower. So it's like, it's not like I was down here riding another woman. I was being productive. But anyway, it doesn't matter. She gave me the silent treatment. And I was just like, ah, it's grand. I, I don't mind not talking to you for a day. That's perfectly fine by me. So yeah, ladies, the silent treatment, that's more of a punishment on yourselves because we we both know you're the chatty ones. You're the ones that wants to talk all the time. Uh, we're, we're perfectly happy not doing that. Another one is, I often see this toxic fucking uh, behavior from women as well. And it's when they attempt to make their fella jealous. You'd see it in relationships all the time and just, just uh, toxic women in general where they're just fucking, they'll talk about how many fucking fellas they're chasing or how they could have somebody else in the morning. You know, this kind of fucking petty bullshit. And like, when you try to make a fella jealous like that, we don't see it as, oh fuck, I better try harder. There's so many men knocking on her door. I better put in some effort so she'll, she'll hang around here. We don't see it like that. I know that's what a lot of women want us to be like, but that's not how we see it. We see it as a fucking betrayal. And in a lot of cases, it makes us think, wow, this is the kind of childish shit I've in store for me going forward. No thanks. I don't need this fucking shit in my life. And it doesn't work. So stop trying to make your fella jealous. Um, because if anything, it doesn't make us try harder. It makes us try less because we stop giving a shit about you because you're being a fucking petty child. Next thing, if you want to talk to us, make it interesting. You can talk at length to us about how your friend's holiday went or the fucking social drama that happened at work or when you're getting your hair done next and then get pissed when we don't listen or engage in the conversation. If we look bored, it's because you're boring us, especially when you've been together for a long time and these conversations become more like a an annoying fly buzzing around your room. More like Chinese water torture than fucking conversation. And it just ends up as an endurance event for us, where we're just sitting there nodding, going, yeah, hmm, yeah, yeah, just please shut the fuck up and leave, you know? If you want to talk to us, and you want us to engage in a conversation, talk about the universe. Talk about your hobbies. Talk about what's in the news today. Anything. Anything. But fucking reruns of conversations we've been having for the last fucking five years. Believe it or not, ladies, most fellas don't give a fuck about what your friends are doing and getting up to. You're the one that cares about that. We're just fucking passengers in this boring fucking car journey when you start talking about all this shit. And then we can't be rude by telling you to shut the fuck up. Um, because then we're the bad guy. Even though you insist on fucking pestering us with bullshit day after day. Next thing, stop the onslaught of asking for things. All us fellas ask is that you occasionally touch our dick and make a concerted effort not to touch anyone else's. And when we do ask for something, it's once in a blue moon. Make sure I get up when my alarm goes off in the morning. 
Would you mind picking up some dog food on your way home from work? That kind of thing. But women call on fellas at least once a day to do something that they could easily do themselves. Which isn't a problem, honestly. A lot of time we're happy to do it. We feel good about grabbing the thing off the high shelf and opening the stubborn jar, folding the duvet, whatever. But when you combine that daily to-do list that women hand you with the other stuff like, you know, we need to go away on holidays this summer or we haven't eaten out in a while or let's go clothes shopping the weekend. Fellas will just start thinking to themselves, oh, so I guess this relationship is all about fucking pleasing you then, isn't it? It can easily feel very one-sided like that. And imagine you have some women in this world that pester a bloke with this stuff on the daily and then have the fucking cheek to turn around and turn him down wherever he wants to fuck. That's some next-level fuck-you behaviour, isn't it? Poor fella bending over backwards and then you'll have these women that, like, any time they're fucking... you go looking for the hop, they'd be like, oh, fine. You know this kind of fucking... Oh, yeah, that's just a fucking confidence boost I needed today, love, thanks. Sorry I'm such a fucking inconvenience. You know, that's kind of what it feels like as a bloke. When you turn a fella down for, for the ride, like, it's not just a case of where he's just like, oh, well, I'll just go and have a wank. He'll, he'll take it personally. That hurts. That's like, oh, fuck me. That makes me feel a little bit fucking undesirable. Thanks. I'm not saying that it's not okay to occasionally turn it down. That's fair enough. Sometimes it's just not fucking convenient or you're tired and what have you. These things happen. But, like, when... If it's happening, if you're turning it down more than once every 10 times he asks, uh, you're kind of taking the piss with it, you know? You need to accept it five times more than you don't. Like, imagine how women would feel if us fellas kept turning them down for the ride. Imagine the fucking blow to their confidence that they'd get. And fellas are typically hardened, more hardened to that kind of stuff, like, so... So we don't complain all that much about it, but if if we were, if the shoe was on the other foot and we were to fucking do it to them, there'd be there'd be end of the relationship. There'd be the talk. Why would why didn't you want to ride me the other night? There'd be a whole fucking to do about it. Fellas, just get on with it. But like that's not to say that we're okay with it. We certainly do get insulted by that. So bear that in mind. So yeah, that, that those are just some things that popped into my head that I think um, that I think women should should understand about men. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot more, but that's all that came to my mind. So, so yeah, hope, hopefully somebody's gotten some value out of that, some insight into the, the, main mi- the male mind and how it works. Granted, it's not all going to be applicable for all men. We're varied creatures, but I was trying to be as general as, as I could with, um, my points. But, you know, again, not, not every fella is the exact same, but I think generally I've kind of hit the nail on the head with a lot of that kind of stuff. So I hope that's, uh, it's given some value to the women, some insight to the women and, uh, some, uh, some validation for the blokes. So yeah. Right, lads. This is this has gone on quite long enough. I've had enough of this shit. I'm done. I'm craving a keto burger. I'm craving that lettucey rabbit food crunch and uh I often have my keto burger, my yogurt, my my kombucha or whatever the fuck it's called, some weird meat uh salami thing. I don't know, I bought it in little, it's actually lovely. So having some of that. So I'm gonna love you and leave you here, lads. Thanks everybody for for tuning in. Thanks everybody for listening. If you're watching this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever else, don't forget to give me a follow there so you don't miss the episodes. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit a subscribe there. This is where all my podcasts end up as well on my, my second YouTube channel. And uh, I will catch you lads and ladies in the next one.